Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast for investors. We're a full house again. We got Tony, you know, the stock bro on Wall Street, a retail investor like you guys, but farther ahead than of us. Tony, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Glad to be back. Uh, last week, I had a ridiculous migraine and was feeling like shit. So good today. There we go. We got Arizona in the house. We got Village, Florida in the house. We got Adam in the house. Dalt, welcome back. How are you doing? Great, great. Ready Dalt, to get back hey. at it. We have a great <clears throat> uh, agenda for you guys today. We're going to talk a little bit about Evergrande and about how that kind of shook up the market, but not really. And then the three stocks that we're covering are Dutch Bros, AT&T, and Compass Pathways. Those are the three we're going with today. Awesome. Those are, of course, you guys voted on. If you guys are interested, give, I'm going to get the link into the show notes where you guys can submit stocks for me to post so that you guys can vote on it. We want to see you guys and be as engaged as possible. Also, it allows you to tell us how you want us to update the show, maybe some trivia coming on. Hey, we got Maria in the house. Maria is a fan favorite because she is loved by us all, of course. Ladies Absolutely. and gentlemen, all right, guys. You want to talk on. about uh, Evergrande? Or? Yeah, let's talk about the the, whore, the 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 elephant in the room, man. It hit the market hard. We dropped on Monday and Tuesday. Saw a bit of a recovery today. Dalt, Tony, who wants to talk about it? Well, Evergrande was be was a this was a big a big theme um, that started off the week on Monday. It, it wasn't even that really bad of a drop. We had a one and a half percent decline on yeah, Monday. I mean, I've seen we, worse days. Let's um, chill out on the the bloodbath and yeah. the markets bleeding rhetoric because it's definitely not happening. I mean, it could happen. Who knows? But right now, it's not bad. So yeah, Evergrande was a. Um, um, there and to my understanding, I had never heard of them, but they, um, the world's largest, second largest property yeah. developer in China by 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 sales. Um, so I guess they were pretty big in in China. Now, I know that in China they've been building these ghost cities. Um, this is nothing new though. They didn't just start building these ghost cities in 2020 or 2021. They've been doing this since I was in high school. We're talking over a decade ago. They've been building all these empty cities. So. Um, it's nothing new. The mar markets know that China builds empty cities and they know that, you know, property developers in China are subsidized. So Evergrande is actually subsidized by the Chinese government to actually build these ghost cities. Um, this is not news. Um, but I guess these guys had fallen behind or were in danger of missing a coupon payment and they were restructuring their, their, their debt. And I guess, um, Somebody on on Wall Street or you know a, a heads up Wall Street firm uh, took that as an opportunity to release a PR report that this was going to crash the markets. Uh, it's always something like that, and of course uh, they got a little bit of break, but they were met with nothing but pure buying pressure on 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 Tuesday and and Wednesday. Um, so massive massive buying. Um, there's no way this market can come down. Um, good news though, or I guess bad news from the Fed. Fed did say that uh, he will be tapering uh, later this year. And now uh, Powell is changing his tone to saying that we could see an interest rate hike in 2022, which was not the case before. Um, so 
a little bit of end to uh, tapering, I would say that's a lot more concerning uh, interest rate hike for markets than Evergrande at this point. There we go. Yeah. Tony. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like, like doll. I never heard of this company, but apparently it was the world's largest property developer. But like you said, it's all subsidized through the CCP. Uh, right now they're in $300 billion in, in liabilities. And now that the Chinese uh, government is coming down on these subsidies and they actually have been saying this for a while because the the market is running so hot over there the housing market has been running hot for a long time so they've been kind of it almost seems like they're trying to punish this company <laughs> so uh i don't think it's i don't really think it's going to have that big of effect like you said i think it's more the interest rates and the waiting awaiting on the fed uh the feds um policies to see what they're going to do so we got adam here wondering so get more bank stocks yeah hey so if you if you look at that chart evergrand's been in trouble since 2018 right yeah like, yeah. yeah they there's had their pop off when bank of america i know that's maria she she's a big fan of Ma bank of maria there we go maria with bank of america which is one of tony's favorites uh, yeah but, yeah yeah, it looks like, guys, is this something that uh, people should worry about would be somewhat similar to what the U.S. went through in 2008? Could this be China's version of 2008? Their market no, no. no. You, know, you would need a contagion for, for, the, for that. That, it, that was like, one of the thing where like, I think that can only happen when it's U.S. firms that are that are handing out shady loans and then packaging it up because everybody trusts the United States of America, right? Like, Ooh. oh, man, these guys at JP Morgan are selling me these CDOs again. I love that shit. Those guys at JP really know what they're doing. <laughs> when, when something, when if a bond comes out of China, I feel like you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know what? Fuck those ghost cities is another property bond. Oh, fuck that. I'm not buying that. So that's kind of the thing is I think this one is kind of just stuck in china but when the when the u.s does shady shit everybody buys the u.s's shit and that's okay. why everybody's end up holding a piece of this 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 shit and that's what causes contagion around the world when when these things default but i don't think um there's very many people around the world that um are in on this one i think it's just the chinese government that's in on it okay. yeah yeah Good to know. I just asked because I'm I'm a nobody who knows not a lot about stocks. So it's good to have two guys like you, uh, a seasoned investor in Dalt, who's licensed and works at Banting Corp Capital. And then we got Tony, who's a uh, realtor investor, just like us, who's uh, further along, was five years ahead of us all. So uh, let's jump into our first one. It's a, a brand new stock on the market. It is the Dutch bros, and they seem to have just dropped uh, on the 17th. They started and opened at trading at $43.55, and today they're closed at $50.88. So, Dalt, Tony? I'll lead off. Dutch bros has been super volatile. Um, a good 7% slide today. I think, though... Um, over the, since they have IPO'd, and I'm just going to check this out because I think they are up significantly. So if you look at um, over the past month, I know how they haven't been around for a month. It's only been about a week and a half. So since September, call it September 15th, September 14th, they're up 38%. 
Um, so it looks like they came on the market at $36.68, and they're trading right now at $50.88. For those that don't know, Dutch Bros is a... Um, it's a run- drive-through coffee chain in the U.S. Yeah, yeah they're a franchise uh, drive, drive-through chain. They Based do on hot- the West Coast, right? Yeah. Hot and cold espresso-based beverages. And they also do like energy drinks and lemonade, smoothies, and this kind of thing. Um, The one thing I found really, really funny about this is they're domiciled only, yeah, in the West Coast. Only in in times like 2020 and 2021 could a regional coffee maker go public (laughs) for billions of dollars. Um, but, But, yeah, so they're looking at expanding across the United States. A lot of people have been posting about this. It's been a hot topic in in the group I know. That's right. I've been telling as many people who are interested in a coffee maker to go into Starbucks instead. Um, People have been saying Dutch Bros coffee is a lot better than Starbucks. That may be the case, but you know what? Only half the United States even sees that coffee. Um, Starbucks is in Canada, U.S., Mexico, China, Europe, Australia, all over the world. Um, they're much more diversified than, say, a Dutch, a, a Dutch Bros. You know, if the power goes out on the West Coast, you can kiss the Dutch Bros goodbye. That's just how um, regional they are, right? So um, as far as, as as well, we talk about P.E. ratios. So I actually, after I heard a lot of people talking about it, I actually went in and I looked at, I read the prospectus, and I don't read a lot of pro, uh, pro, uh, pros, pros, prospectus is because I don't typically invest in a lot of IPOs, um, but because of the overwhelming uh, interest in the group, I went and over and, and read it. And this this company is absolutely, um, well, they're trading high. Let's just say that in 2020, they generated $327 million worth of revenue, but they only made $5.7 million in net income on that. Um, they're trading at a $2.5 billion valuation, which means that price to earnings ratio is about 400. So Starbucks price to earnings ratio 59 or something like that, somewhere in the fi- in the fifties high. Um, but for a regional coffee maker to have a price to earnings ratio of over 400, you guys kind of know what you're getting yourselves into here. Um, this will be another, um long long drawn out story i imagine um do i think they can grow in the united states yeah of course they 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 can it's growing outside the united states that's tough and so like if you wanted to buy a coffee maker i think it just has to be starbucks i don't even own any coffee makers but if i did it would be starbucks um buying regional coffee chains is um i don't know i just don't think it's a well starbucks started as a regional chain in seattle they did so could people be looking at Dutch Bros as the possible next, you know, uh, Starbucks explosion happening? Because now that they're planning to expand and, you know, they're getting media attention in the age of social media, that's like better than a TV spot on uh, on in the Super Bowl. So could this possibly be helping them? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you wanted to wait 20, 30 years, sure. <laughs> it's tough to say because yeah. now like, Starbucks are around so for a trendy. long time. New trends happen. They come and go so quickly. And who knows? But I don't know. I'd probably stick to Starbucks if I was going to invest in a coffee company. I just like why I don't why invest in stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like there's so many good things to invest in. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just the market is full of thousands and thousands and thousands of companies. And I don't know. 
Dutch Bros just isn't on my radar. Exactly. There we go. Uh, we're going to go to uh, a, a big one here in the uh, in the space. Uh, we're going to hit the uh, mother load, if you will. AT and T. AT and T. Big boy. Currently, uh, in the last five years, not doing the best. However, overall lifetime to date is still being a beast. So there's at least that. But let's uh, let's talk here. Uh, Dalt, Tony, who wants to jump on this one? Well, oh, you're off again. Oh, you take it away, Tony. Take it away. Once again, uh, to AT&T to me, it was just a straight up dividend play if I was going to invest in this. But now they cut their dividends. I think they cut their dividends in half, right? Uh, and they still pay a decent dividend. It's, I think it's like 3%, 3.5%. Uh, I think it's smart of them to do that because they have basically no capital appreciation <laughs> whatsoever. So I think the CEO is trying to switch things up and they figure if they cut the dividend, they can gain make that up in capital appreciation. Um I don't know. It's just one of those companies that I just, I, I wouldn't personally touch. I just, it, it, there's really no point to it. it at a 7% dividend yield, and they were a dividend aristocrat, I believe. So they were one of the safest companies. And that's just a lesson for everyone out there that nothing is safe. No <laughs> dividend is safe. It could be cut at any moment. You never know. If, so, if you're uh, going to pay a, like a silly one, like 7%, like that's going to be cut eventually. There's no way you can afford to Yeah. Anything around 3% so. is pretty good. Yeah. That's what I typically look for because then there's a little bit of room to grow or just maintain it. So yeah. uh, I don't know. To me, this is just two thumbs down, waste of time. Don't even bother. I would agree 100%. So AT&T, for those that don't know, uh, of course, uh, I guess they're um, cellular services, broadband services, and they also own Warner Media. Um, so again, this this company worth $192 billion, but yeah, they're down 30% over the last five, five, five years. And the reason, the reason why these guys are going to get hit even more, when you have a company that pays a 7% dividend, that's and capital appreciation is, you know, you know, flat or, or negative, pretty much everybody that's in that stock is in there for the dividend exclusively. So when you end up cutting that 7% dividend in half, now everybody that was there for the, for the dividend exclusively is going to leave, right? Um, you know, say Apple pays a 0.62% dividend or something like that. If they were to cancel the dividend altogether, you're not going to leave Apple because you're there for the capital appreciation, not the dividend. But when you have these big dividend payers at 7%, 10%, 40%, anything ridiculous like that, as soon as that dividend gets cut, everybody leaves. And so if they, if they just did a cut, you're going to see a lot of short-term pain here for, a, for AT&T because everybody's going to go to, some, to something else that actually pays them. Um, and that's kind of the problem here. Um, again, I wouldn't buy um, AT&T. There's a lot of competition in that in that space and as tony said in the last segment there's so many other better companies to put your money into um than just someone that offers cellular and broadband services um and that have been fucking up superhero movies for generations this is just water media okay <laughs> let's just put it out there as a movie film fanatic and podcaster they have just they've hurt Superhero movies, generations to go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> I'll stop ranting and raving like a lunatic and get back onto the show. But let us guys know uh, what you guys think so far. Hashtag live. If you're watching live, uh, let us know if you agree with our uh, kind of uh, experts here. Did they do the right on either the Dutch Bros or AT&T or even our lasso and that we're talking about here, Compass Pathways. And of course, if you guys are watching or listening to the podcast, you guys can always jump into the show notes and leave us a uh, click on the form, suggest stocks that you want us to break down, suggest topics you want us to talk about, even crypto and ETFs as well. But here, let's get us on to this Compass Pathways PLC. Tell us a little bit more about this adult uh, since you're you are the genius. Yes. So this is a company that I actually own. Uh, I do own Compass Pathways, and I'm going to tell you how much of a loss I have in Compass Pathways right now. So I have, as of right now, a 20% loss. So here's the thing with Compass Pathways. This is a company now that is operating as a mental health care company in the United Kingdom and the United States. It develops Comp360, which is a psilocybin formulation that is through phase 2B clinical trials to treat patients with treatment-resistant depression. Okay, so now, this company was co-founded by, or sorry, an early, an early investor in this company was the same early investor in Facebook and Palantir. It's Peter Thiel, uh, who was actually the first person to ever invest in in uh, Facebook. Um, that's who took all of Eduardo Severin's uh, shares when uh, Mark Zuckerberg screwed screwed him over. Um, so <laughs> I feel follow- less in there for us here. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So I am I am pretty high on 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 Peter Thiel. He's he's one of the probably one of the best venture capitalists in in Silicon Valley. And I do follow where he puts his 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 money. Um, so after I heard that he was an early investor in this, I did take a position. This is a position that's less than five percent of my port portfolio. I have five thousand dollars in it. Now, this company you're going to have to go long. And this, if you were to invest in Compass Pathways, I would not invest that you make this a big a position. This should be a position that's less than 5% of your overall portfolio. Basically, they are the market leader. So a lot of people know MindMed and a lot of interest is around MindMed because they are also um, feeling out in the psychedelic medicine space, but they don't actually have a product. Uh, Compass Pathways actually has a breakthrough approved therapy by the FDA um for their comp 360 which is a synthetic psilocybin magic mushroom form for, form formulation um so they are leading they're the furthest through clinical trials they have a patented product that's been tapped by the fda um that is the hardest part um so they are they're going to be the first ones to get to market the question is is um when are certain states going to legalize psilocybin for uh, medical treatment. So Oregon, it's legal in Oregon for um, medicinal use. And New York is trying to get that to pass now for medicinal use as as well. This is going to look something a lot like the um, medical uh, marijuana industry so it's going to start medically first and then if that goes goes well they're going to transition it into rec recreational uh 
Um, so that's all the good news I can say. The bad, the bad news is for Compass pa uh, Pathways, they do nothing but lose money. That's not surprising. They're going through clin through clinical trials. Um, let me just take you through their last two earnings. Last two earnings, zero dollars and zero dollars, and a twelve million dollar loss and a seventeen million dollar loss. So it's nothing crazy. They're not losing you know tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. They're worth one point three four billion, and they have plenty of cash on on. On, on they, they're increasing. If we look here, net change cash, cash on hand is up 367.91%. Yeah. They're making money here. They're not hurting. And uh, some people have uh, tried some mushroom. It was fun, apparently. I'm um, <laughs> not going to reveal who that was, but if you're in the chat, you can probably see that. Um, don't know. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of money is being spent um, uh, building facilities that people can actually go and use their actual treat treatment so it's a one-stop shop um your doctor would actually recommend or give you a prescription if you have depression and say you know your zoloft isn't working your antidepressants aren't working they would give you a, pr a prescription to try comp 3 3 360 you would actually go to a um, compass pathways regulated facility with dot with doctors and um psychiatrists and all types of uh, people you go you sit in there you do your 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 trip you observe before and after and then you leave um so a lot of their money is being spent building these facilities all across the united states and united kingdom so this is a super long-term play so if you do get into it do not go heavy less than five percent of your port of your portfolio because you could be waiting years could you here's a question for you dalt and this is something of 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 interest to me um could we see this because i do know in the medicinal world uh there, there's some films on netflix and this, like people kind of gaming the system to get this get money because we're going to see such an influx because we'll see how well this works and we're coming into a generation that actually are reading the documents that first put these types of things on like class one and class two and class threes and we've been reading those and seeing that there's actually was good research being done back then that was positive could we see that this could be a company that let's say in like five years when they finally or five years when they get fda approval you know to have set up these in where it's re uh, not recreational but medicinal could be like a billion dollar company nearly overnight type situations happening Yes. Yeah. This this will be the next the next boom. So there was a medical mar marijuana boom. The next boom will be in psychedelic medicine. Yes. Um, they already have breakthrough therapy from the from the FDA. So that's kind of the first step when when you're doing some um, shady drug related stuff that you <laughs> bring into the medicinal field. The FDA ha FDA has to tap you and say, okay this can actually be used as a breakthrough therapy. So they actually got that nod. They're the only, they're the only people that have that from the FDA. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the next, the next foray into um, making drugs relevant for, you know, med for med medicine. And I like the way that they actually went, went about it too, um, because anybody can grow magic mu mushrooms, right? And theoretically, you know, yes, we're not advising you yeah. to do that, but yes. 
so but they they've they've done their own synthetic um psilocybin formulation that's actually patented so they're actually the only ones that have that specific mechanism that works in that certain way um so that's pretty interesting um so like i said i don't often speculate but when i do it's best You're following pick, someone like Peter Till. Who's, yeah, and it's best to pick the biggest, furthest company ahead. Like a lot of people want to get in, into MindMed. Just avoid that. They have no patents, no products, no FDA approvals. Um, they're just kind of sitting and uh, hoping. But these guys are going to be the first one to get to market. So Well, nothing too much to worry about that, Cleason, who uh, showed up late. It's fine. This is we're going to end soon. You know, it's going to be around at the 20 mark, 20 minute mark that we start talking about Compass. So you can check that out, letting you know that and listen to the replay or oh, even Tony, on the podcast. Tony has something to say about, about Compass. I'm not Tony? done yet. So, yeah, Tony, Tony, <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought you were ending it off. No, I was just looking, <laughs> I was just looking through some stuff, but I just thought I don't know enough about it to really give an opinion. I, I just heard of it just now or, you know, today. Uh, so I'd have to really do more deep diving into it to give an informed opinion. But it sounds like something that could be good, you know, based on everything you said. Yeah. Long term, though. Long-term. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. You, like you, you said, not going to expect any any revenue from these guys for years. Yeah, like you said, like 5%, you know, don't make it 50% of your portfolio, but, you know, take, exactly. a, sh- but take a, a shot with it, you know, see what happens. Something that you guys always advise when you go into somewhere risky, always a small percentage of your portfolio, five, one to 5% is always good. You'll see those gains, but also you uh, prevent yourself from being hurt when there's ever anything big. Tony, uh, you got some big shows coming up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's coming up on your plate? Yeah. um, You know, the Stock Bros podcast, I'll be dropping the links. Uh, I do have some stuff coming up, but I don't know exactly what order I'm going to do everything in. So I'll hold off on the announcements for now. I'm not even sure. I might change a couple things. So I don't want to give any announcements right now. But yeah, there's stuff coming out. Teasing, teasing. You know, you can find those show notes in the uh, comments and in the show notes Those for those links. Uh, Dalt, what do you got on the plate? I know you have your podcast. You got a dropped a blog not too much earlier today. What else have you got going for us? Oh, I didn't actually do my blog post yet. So today today was a a late one. I was running around doing some other stuff. So uh, my blog post will be posted. It's going to be a late one today, like 10 o'clock. Um, but other than that, um, nothing new. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything new coming out. Uh, so you guys will have to wait to see what Tony has for you. Cause he'll be bringing all the, all the new stuff. Uh, look out for my new, uh, post though. I'll be posted probably, uh, nine, nine o'clock or nine to 10 in the group. And, um, yeah, just we'll make sure it's pinned to the top of the, the yeah. group for that. Uh, you think he's getting married. Um, uh, well, are we, I think we already wow. talked about AMBA uh, in a past. And actually bringing up that makes a good point. A nice segue. Look at that. I didn't even plant that. Uh, segue into I will be making a pin post at the top of the group with all the show and past videos. Uh, and I'll make sure that I post the link in the, uh, the comments down here. But if you want to go watch all the previous ones, uh there you go you can check out that post it's going to be at the top of the show and every week i will add the new 
link to the new the latest episode as well as the podcast link as well to it when it goes live and yes to answer your question as soon as i end this you wait about maybe five minutes you can watch the replay immediately after that uh tony do you want to tell them where you can find you uh, you know in the group and i'll be posting my links and sprinkling them in wherever uh fit you know <laughs> dalton where are we going and we'll, we'll drop it, all of our stuff in the links uh, in the uh post as well so Always, yep. Follow me. Yeah. Like I'll be in the group. I always post yeah. um, all my articles there. If, if anybody's ever commenting on a thread, and I think I have a relevant article, I got so many of them, over a hundred. Uh, I usually post them there. Always check it out at bantoncourtcapital.com/blog. And for those that follow me on on Instagram, it's at Rizme Life. I always post lots of free Wall Street Journal content there, and a lot of good reels. You know, just quick thirty second uh, in 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 investing tips. So just check me out there. There you go. And of course, if you're interested in following my journey as the podcast mogul, follow me on Instagram at podcaster Phil Better. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Stock Dirty to Me, a podcast for investors from investors who have just started. I thank you so much for checking out the show and wish you all a great night.